Welcome to this second bonus episode from the ACID conference held in November 2018 in Queensland on the Gold Coast. I'm Hilary Johnson, as always, guiding you through this episode of the ACID Research to Practice podcast. And I'm Sophia Tipping. I'll be keeping you and Hilary company. We are featuring self-advocates and people with intellectual disability who stop by to talk to Ben Pawson at the Story Booth. We've grouped their stories into three themes. Their voices add to the research questions and evidence in the area and suggest ways to move forward. It's just real-life stories from the people we spoke to and some research from the ACID members and publications that explore some of the issues that come up. It's not a comprehensive look at the research, but you can find out more about the issues by reading our journals, J-I-D-D and RAPID. You can find them on our website. And, of course, we're going to link to all the research we talk about in our show notes. One theme that kept coming up was about giving back, not just getting. That's what this episode is about. And here's what Sarah from the Centre for Disability Studies said. What are you most looking forward to about the whole conference? Is there anything particular? I'm looking forward to speaking at the conference. I enjoy conferences because you get your voice heard, you feel as though you're being included, it's inclusive, you don't feel like you're being left out and you're unable to access the venue and it gives you more chance of feeling as though you know you get treated with dignity and respect and your rights are upheld. But it wasn't easy for Sarah to get to the conference. She had to go to more extreme measures than just convincing a manager it would be a good idea. Thinking back over all the things you've done with the Centre for Disability Studies, what's been your, the thing you're most proud of? The thing I've been proud of is to be able to be part of the group, attend the conferences every year um, since 2012 that I've spoken at. I was a keynote speaker in 2013 at the ASA conference and I absolutely loved that um, and I felt good. It gave me a valued role. And just, just recently, I had to take a NDIS matter to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal because the NDIS would not fund me to come here. So I had to spend around six months to seek legal advice, identifying legal matters and taking it to the highest external body, external government agency, to get it resolved in order to be able to have funding that will pay for me to, to be here today, including registration, flights, accommodation and related travel. So you are here today. So it worked? So it, it worked. It took time. We had no, had no idea which way it was going to go, whether the NJ would agree to funding at all or one thing or only a couple of things, but we managed to get it all agreed to and they all agreed to fund everything of it. It's exactly what I wanted and as I mentioned to them, it was previously funded through ageing, disability and home care before. So from all of the group, my group that are here, I was the only one that had all my costs paid for out of my NDIS package. All the rest of them are getting paid through for support from their package, but not for them physically to be here. 
Wallace, I'm the I'm the only one out of all the, of all our group that didn't need to look for alternative funding to be able to be here. That's really good. Congratulations. Sarah's struggle to attend the conference raises some interesting questions. It's clear she enjoys giving back, advocating on her behalf and sharing the experience of others through her work as a co-researcher. Many people with intellectual disabilities have used self-advocacy as a means to speak up and strive for self-determination for themselves and others in an environment that doesn't always encourage this approach. Christy told us about some difficult experiences she's had and how she helps others that experience the issues she went through. And a warning here, there are some difficult themes around sexual violence ahead. What did you tell the conference about yourself? Well, I had um, mental health issues, but and I told them along the journey, like people like with disability, they get picked on and they're called stupid and spastic. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because we're all human and we're all the same to me. So that's matter what you got. Like everyone's have trouble with that stuff. And so I did have mental health issues, but it's gone now because I was in and out of hospital that many times and I thought, no, this is not right. I've got the power. I can keep myself out. And from there, I've done courses and that and work with WILD. Can you tell us a bit about WILD? Yes, we call it the Real Beans Group, the ladies group. Like, with mental health and sexual violence, we help the ladies to control it and help them get better. So they come to the ladies group and we do arts and crafts and we talk about some things. How many ladies are in the group, do you reckon, roughly? Roughly, we'll, we'll get probably about... 10 and it, in the group, so and it goes for 10 weeks, so yeah. So, how long have you been involved in the group? I'm um, not quite sure. I've been involved in the group for quite a while. At first, I did the group myself, then I started working with them and helping them with the ladies and that. Of all the people that you've helped in the wellbeing group, who's the one that you keep thinking about? Um, there's there's few ladies in the wellbeing group I help, but I can't mention any names because it's confidential. So yeah, I do help them, and they're very happy, and they yeah they got on with it, and they're very happy because they got someone to talk to who's been there. Because they feel more comfortable to talk to someone because you know they've been there and that. So yeah, I try my best to help them. How does it feel when you come to places like this and share your story? Is it is it good to do that? Yes, it's very good to get share stories, to get your stories out there. And plus to come here to listen to others, just to get more information about stuff. See what you can do to take home and you can help you start things to help other people. We couldn't agree more that it's good to share your stories. Self-advocacy groups can offer a safe space controlled by people with intellectual disability. They are often spaces where peers support each other through ongoing difficulties facing people in a society that may exclude them. Hilary, have you read Patsy Frawley and Christine Bigby's paper in JIDD? Yeah, it was a good one, wasn't it? It's a favourite of mine. It was on Australia's longest-running self-advocacy groups, Reinforce. Not only did self-advocacy groups provide belonging within the group, but allowed for opportunities for paid work and advocacy 
for changing bigger things. And this kind of comes up in our next story too. Can you tell me your name, please? My name is Ben Alexander and I'm... This is my first time at an ACID conference. Ben, it's my first time at an ACID conference too. I saw your face on a video, first of all, but everybody else saw you in one of the sessions yesterday. What were you presenting? I was presenting on my work with the project called Mainstream and Me, where we went around different parts of New South Wales to um, talk about how to include people with intellectual disability, whether they're customers that go into a council building or working. So you did presentations to these places? When I first started, we created this Easy Read um, cafe menu. And when we went, a team member and I, we went to Cronulla down in South Sydney. And we went to a cafe and we showed them a sample of an Easy Read menu. And they gave really positive feedback and they were really optimistic that they might change their menu to easy read in the future. So you're changing the world out there, well done. So what's been the best presentation that you've done so far? I've probably enjoyed going to Western Council, um, part of Sydney, and I did a presentation to train council staff on how to interact and help local customers with an intellectual disability and they gave really um, positive questions about my inclusion card and and um, I think my responses might help them in the future. So just for people that don't know, what's an inclusion card? So an inclusion card that I created was a story about when I felt included and excluded. I saw the Mainstream and Me presentation and it was fantastic. It's led by Inclusion Australia and there are loads of diverse projects from all around Australia getting creative about making mainstream services more inclusive of people with intellectual disability. It's a project well worth checking out. I'll do that. Ben's work to get mainstream acceptance ties into some recent papers published in ACID publications. Janelle Weiss and Julian Troller found there's work still to be done in preparing the public mental health workforce to support people with intellectual disability. Same goes for accessing appropriate GPs, I think, Hilary. That's what Newton and McGilvery of Deakin University found in their paper. But I'm sure there's more out there, so tweet us the research we missed at Acid pod. That's hashtag A-S-I-D-P-O-D. Ben seems to be a big fan of acid conferences, as he explained to our roving reporter, confusingly also called Ben, in our final clip of this bonus episode. If you had a message to give to someone that was thinking about coming to the acid conference next year, what would you say to them? I would say come because you'll learn a hell of a lot. When you leave, you'll probably have a positive outlook if it's good or bad. When you go home, you'll probably have a positive outlook on life and 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 you might be able to take what you get out of it in your local community. Is there anything you're going to be taking back to your local community? Yeah, it's probably to help 
my local council to, because I'm in an independent living program with a local council that I've been a part of for three years now, and what I've learned here, I'll be able to go back and help them to look at ways to help them improve what they do. We've got another bonus episode of Stories from Self-Advocates at the conference coming your way. Stay tuned. In the meantime, you can find links to all the papers we've mentioned in our show notes. If you know a group of people with intellectual disability who might want to contribute to future episodes, or if you have great research story to share, get in contact with us. You can find us on Twitter via the handle at acid underscore limited, LTD, and on Facebook via at acid.asn.au. Thank you to everyone who contributed at the Story Booth at the ACID Conference. This episode was produced by Ben Pawson, Sophia Tipping, Buffy Gorilla and Hilary Johnson. A big thank you to everyone who made the conference and this episode possible. Thanks to the ACID Board, Local Conference Organising Committee, Leishman Associates and the many conference sponsors. And an extra special thank you to the speakers and delegates who shared their thoughts with us. You can subscribe to the Acid Research to Practice podcast via iTunes, Stitcher or anywhere you find good podcasts. Or better yet, become a member and enjoy access to a number of publications and benefits. Just go to our website, acid.asn.au. And thanks for listening. <laughs>